I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the slow pitch softball pitcher of the year. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, I actually have some beef, and I I actually got a little upset with an umpire tonight. Ooh, I'm the, okay, so I'm like the Aaron Boone of, did? I, I don't talk like I don't really talk when I play this game like I have fun but I don't like really talk a lot I'm just trying to just pick pitch strikes so I don't walk batters and so that wasn't the big deal but I also play on this like church league team to where we have it's all college students so anybody can play it's just all for fun so we haven't won a game in literally over two years okay oh dang (laughs) yeah because it's just anybody and everybody, and we just throw them out. Some people have never played before, so they're just having fun, and so the balls just go straight past them. So this is our last game of the season. We've never won a game in over two years. We just tied it up four to four, and we're super hyped. We're like we actually have a chance, and <laughs> this guy calls this play that was that we threw it to first base, and us as college guy on our team drops the ball. Picks it up, but he has it in his bare hand, but the ball's still touching the ground. And the ump calls out, and then he says, no, he's safe because the ball's still touching the ground, even Garbage. though the ball's fully in his hand. All It just deflated our whole team. The next batter hits it to the fence, clears the, all the bases. They score four runs, and we never came back. And so I was so frustrated. I never do this because I'm like one of the leaders of the team. I'm supposed to be like setting the example, you know, but I go and talk to the ump and like some of the college students are like, I've never seen him upset before. I'm like, you should listen to me talking about Dwayne Wade. And I go to, (laughs) (laughs) I, I go talk to the ump and I'm not lying. This is where I'm getting my story. I said, man, do you always call it this tight? Like we haven't won a game in like two years, man. It's like kids. We're just trying to have fun. Like I've never seen that play ever called. He literally looks at me and goes, I'm nationally accredited umpire. I can't. And I'm like, whoa, now we're dropping credentials right now. He's like, a rule is a rule. He said, I can't turn my credentials off. What? What kind of comment is that? I can't turn my credentials off? Okay. (laughs) Like, a rule is a rule. I'm like, bro, I can tell you right now what happened in your childhood. You thought you were going to be good. Then you wasn't. You sucked. And now this is your only way that you're trying to live out your baseball dream. And you took it so, so, so serious. Anyway, so... He was like, man, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just going to call you know, call it like it is. This is softball. I was like, yeah, you're calling it like the World Series, though. So if it's touching the ground, it doesn't count? By his book, I, I've never seen that call before. So the ball was clearly in the player's hand. It's not like he was even like pinning on the ground. It was in his hand, but it was still touching the ground. Stupid. Interesting. That happened like an hour ago, so I'm still kind of hot about it. And Plus, I'm kind of sick, so it just everything went together, and then – yeah, then so, so then some of the people were like, I've never seen you upset. I'm like, mm, sorry, guys. Well, now we'll go for three years winless next year. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your last game of the year? Yeah, that's what made it even more frustrating. Dang. So we got Fiery Isaac on the diamond. A little bit. It wasn't that fiery. I mean, I was just expressing my opinion and 
kind of forcefully, but the people oh love well. the people love Fiery Isaac. I just I just wanted you to know that. I wasn't one of those guys that had their baseball pants on and cleats. Let's go. <laughs> if he was wearing the cleats, if if that guy was wearing cleats, then the ball wouldn't have been touching the ground because of the elevation the cleats give him. I feel like the cleats, cleats, cleats are low key. You have to. <laughs> All right, on the podcast today, we're going to talk about the Chris Paul situation a little bit. Um, story came out, I think, by Woj today that he's pretty much going to stay in OKC to start the year. Uh, I laughed at this report, by the way. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. But that's the story as of right now. So we'll talk about that situation, and then we're going to continue our division talk. We haven't done this in a, in a while, but it's probably like a week. Um, we're going to do the Pacific Division: the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Kings, and the Suns. Kind of an interesting division. They it changed drastically <laughs> some some of the teams, obviously. And so we'll talk about that. Um, the Chris Paul trade. So Chris Paul gets traded to OKC. He's back in Oklahoma City, not with the Thunder. He used to be there with the the Hornets. And now, like 40% of the league can't be traded until December, right? It's like a super high number because they all just got signed. And so it would make sense for the Thunder to kind of wait on this. It is going to be really weird to see Chris Paul in a Thunder jersey to start the season, though. That's if you believe it. If he's going to stay there, because this is how, this is kind of how I still think he's going to be a member of the Miami Heat, but it's a, it's a, I think it's just a game of back and forth. It's probably Miami calling up, or it's probably the trade happens. OKC probably calls Miami and says, Hey, do you want Chris Paul instead? They're like, hey, Yeah, we'll take him for a price. But they're probably looking at it and saying, All right, well, we're not going to give you one of our rookies, but you're going to have to give us a pick, you know, to take on that contract. OKC's probably like, Sorry, I'm not going to include a pick. Y'all can, you know, just take him. Then they're going to call the bluff. So Miami's like, sorry, don't want to do it. Trying to call OKC's bluff. And then Sam Presti leaks to Woj and says, you know what? Any other team out there, we're just going to keep him. And that's their threat to the rest of the league. Not really it's that big of a threat because most teams probably don't give a crap about getting Chris Paul that much. But I just still find it hard to believe. It's either that route that they're just playing a little bit of hardball with it and saying threatening these other teams like Miami whatever that – Hey, we're just going to keep him. We don't care to keep him to the season. Or they've talked to a team that can make a deal on December 15th, and they're like, hey, we'll give you this on December 15th. Just hold on to him. Let him play the first month or so, and then we'll make that trade as soon as possible. Yeah, because that always works out. Uh, Celtics, exactly. Anthony Davis. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's risky. I mean, what if Chris Paul goes out there and like breaks his leg or something? I mean, then you can't make that trade at that point. So that's obviously risky, but... I don't know. I mean, I don't know if his value goes up though. I mean, as even if he goes and he plays in Oklahoma City, he plays super well. Like he's what, like an eighteen and nine like kind of guy, and they they win a couple games and they have a hot See, start to the season. Even even then, I just don't think that. I wonder if teams I think will his see value. That. I think his value is so low right now that it, I mean, what is he going to go out and do? He's he's thirty four years old. I mean, we're talking about his contract, and he's thirty four. This coming season is gonna make thirty eight point five million. The season after that he's gonna make forty one point three. Then he has a player option in two thousand twenty one twenty two for forty four point two million dollars. So, I mean, I don't know what he would have to do at thirty four with that contract. If what he would have to do in the first month of the season for some team out there to be like, whoa, whoa, sign me up. I'm ready to unload some picks for Chris Paul. I just don't. I don't know if he's gonna increases value that much yeah it would have to be a specific team that saw an opening 
and they're like, all right, this is our window. This is our window right now. We just need to make this win now move. Like, Jason Kidd to the Mavericks is, was different than this. But if there's a team like that that says, okay, we're one veteran guard away from, you know, mm. like the Bucks. I think that was an example that, that Bill Simmons gave the other day. That's kind of a team that's like, okay, if, if they didn't believe in Eric Bledsoe, which I think they, they do a little bit. They gave him that extension last year. but if, <laughs> They shouldn't believe in Eric Bledsoe. If uh, if they're like, okay, this is our time. The, the East is wide open. We should win. we should be the favorites to win the East next year. We had to get we got rid of Brogdon. Um, we didn't want to pay him. And now the West, everybody's going to beat themselves up. And we don't know if any team is deep enough to you know make a run and then come play us in the the finals and be all beaten up. This is our time right now. And they make a move like that. That's that's a team that I would look at. Which that's kind of comparable to the 2011 Mavs. Like you have Giannis in the Dirk role. <laughs> Got, yeah, you know, wing players like that. I think that is the type of situation that that would be. I guess the argument point of uh, the counter to what I said while well, ago about his value going up. It's more about teams evaluating themselves because right now, I yeah. guess most of the league is sitting there saying, "Hey, well, they're comfortable with their their point guard or whatever." And now it's you know once they get like a week into the, or a month into the season, they're like, "Man, I just don't know if this is gonna work." You know. And yeah. they see it. They do see an opening, you know, there, and they're like, "Hey, we'll swing with it." Because whoever swings for Chris Paul, it's an all-in move. Like it has to be a team that is at least contending in a sense. Yeah. It's not a you know Orlando or something like that. It's a team that's gonna you know go for it. They want to be in the playoffs. So that's the type of team you know you're looking at. And so we bring it up because we've seen some tweets, and we just gotta get it out of the way. Would Dallas ever make the phone call? No. <laughs> maybe make the I'm phone. Maybe make the phone call, but gosh, yeah, I just I don't see that being a, a good fit, especially the direction we, we that talk about things now. that fans. Yeah, we talk about things that fans bring up, and fans tweet at us sometimes. And when the Chris Ball thing happened, and the Chris Ball for Westbrook thing, we got a couple tweets in about would Dallas you know trade for Chris Ball? Would they do that? And I just kind of just brushed it off. I'm like, eh, no, uh, mainly because Chris Paul is not one of my favorite players in the league, but what would, okay. If I had to make you, if I had right. to, if I corner, if I cornered you with a, <laughs> a Rambo, John Rambo knife and said, yeah, you'd have to threaten, tell death. me, <laughs> tell me the pros. Like what would it take for Dallas to take Chris Paul? And what would be the pro? Like, what would be your argument for it? If you had to make one, we're not advocating for this. I'm saying if you had to, yeah, well, you don't have to threaten death to me. I think I can find the other side of this without <laughs> without a knife to my throat. Uh, the case, know, the case for a Chris Paul trade would be this. You have this this window right now where the, where the West is wide open. It's going to be harder than ever to make the playoffs. And the Mavericks are, we've mentioned they're low on veteran players. Chris Paul's a veteran player. Um, there would have to be in there would have to be an agreement with Carlisle and Chris Paul. <laughs> Ooh, what a pairing. That would be a crazy pairing. However, it, it worked with Darren Williams, and Darren Williams and Chris Paul are buddies. So you can, you know, maybe connect some dots there and say, hey, like, you know, if they talk and they try to figure out a way. And if Chris Paul just says, man, if hopefully this is a wake-up call for Chris Paul. That would be my case. If Chris Paul comes to the Mavericks and says, guys. I think he's done waking up at this point. No, I don't know if he's ever woken up. I don't know if he's been... <laughs> Woken up this whole time from from you know the Hornets to the Clippers. I mean the Clippers he did not wake up at all. He demanded yeah. to trade out of there, got out of there, and then with the Rockets, 
he had his whole you know thing where he was right about a couple things like they should probably move the ball around more but that's just not how it works in you know D'Antoni's hard in offense and so then you know he kind of forced his way out of there in a, in a sense and got traded from there and now he's in Oklahoma City and man if this is just a wake up call to him to say hey I have to I have to turn a corner in my career and if I'm not going to be able to be on a title team then I want to go on a play a young playoff team be a leader be a, you know be a role model and uh, you know help some young guys win some games and maybe go to the playoffs if he's in that state if he's ready to take that turn in his career then I mean on the court fit it'd be awesome I mean that that's just the kind of player that the Mavs would want I mean it's so hard to separate the contract from the guy now it's just we we almost talk about players and we don't list their number anymore like we don't say Luka Doncic 77 right like we say Luka Doncic he's making a rookie contract he's making you know eight million dollars that's the number we put with him and it almost is part of your value Uh, I think Dan Patrick on his show today was like shouldn't we talk about the MVP with you know the amount of with their contract because your value is is attached to that and it's a good point and we talk about that sometimes too with mvp and with our award votes and stuff and chris ball but chris ball on the court contract aside would be an awesome fit with luca that's your other playmaker that's your secondary ball handler that's a guy that can set up i mean imagine chris paul with luca and porzingis on either wing i mean i just got done with this this video uh it should be up on free dockets now if not it'll be in the next couple of days, but about Luca and Porzingis is fit. And just some of the shots that Porzingis can make. I mean, he literally runs off of screens like clay Thompson. <laughs> I mean, it's so wild. Yeah. And Chris Paul being able to set him up, that would be an incredible fit because then you can stagger Luca and Chris Paul. Then all of a sudden Chris Paul is running your second unit. Uh, he could help Brunson. I mean, Brunson learning from Chris Paul would be mm. that's ideal right there. Cause he can learn a lot from him from everything that people have said about, you know, Chris Paul and the way he, you know, he's acted in certain situations and, you know, how he's been kind of, I guess he's not been a problem. Like you wouldn't call him a locker room cancer, right? Like he's not that level. Uh, he's, he's like a, he's like a curmudgeon though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause even his thing with James he's Harden, close. even his thing with James Harden wasn't, he wasn't like attacking him. He was just, Hey, he had a disagreement with the offense. He had a disagreement yeah. about basketball and, I think I think the James Harden thing is what if okay if we're if we're gonna continue on and then we'll destroy this in just a second absolutely (laughs) of why they will not do oh okay another another pro for it is it wouldn't take a lot to get him I don't think yeah I don't think well it it would have to be Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee because even them two together would equal Chris Paul like you could do that trade (laughs) because it's like thirty two thirty million plus you know for Chris Paul is like thirty eight at that point so it basically be them two for Chris Paul. And at that point, I would demand a pick. Like, if you're getting Chris Paul, whoever's getting yeah. Chris Paul, I would demand a, a first-round pick. So you get that. So, yeah. So if we're going to continue real quick on the positive route, I think why Dallas would entertain it is they would look you know, down the highway at Houston and say, they were prepared to run it back with with James Harden before the Paul, tra- Paul George trade, and they got Westbrook. You look at the fit with, with Chris Paul to, and with James Harden, that would be a really similar fit to Luka Doncic of how they played off of each other. Chris Paul being, you know, even people talking about the Westbrook Chris Paul trade off right now, Russell Westbrook shot 29% last year from three. Chris Paul shot 35, 36% from three last year. That's what like how much, 
we want to bash like I bash Chris Paul all the time, and I get it. You know, he definitely took a step back a little bit last year. But how much how how much we want to bash Houston? It worked. Like yeah. the pairing worked in Houston. Like they were they were that close uh, from you know a Chris Paul injury away from beating the Warriors two years ago, and even last year. Yeah, I, I mean they just yeah. The, I mean the Warriors have put them out the past two years. They so, choked, but it did work until then. Yes. So Chris Paul and James Harden, that same fit would be the same as Chris Paul and Luka Doncic for the most part. Then you add in Kristaps Porzingis to that. So yeah, and just like what you said with the secondary playmaker. All of the intangible, defensive, annoying things that Patrick Beverly would bring, Chris Paul would bring a lighter version of that. I think of the he does, he yeah. does all that he does do all that annoying crap that just pisses people off, <laughs> and so like he would you know that and <clears throat> so and Luca, Chris, Luca would get more free throw attempts because Chris Paul would work the refs too. He would work the work the refs <laughs> between um, him so, and Cuban. I don't think a team would be fined more. <laughs> If you did do something around the Tim Hardaway, Courtney Lee, and you say, hey, why would OKC do that? One, you, they would get off the long-term money of Chris Paul, Courtney Lee's expiring contract, and you know they would swap him out with Tim Hardaway for the most part and move along. Dallas, what their rotation would be. It would be Chris Paul, Luka, Porzingis, and then you would have Dwight at center, and then you'd st- – so then at that point, would you start DeLon Wright or would you start Justin Jackson? And – Mm. You know, let's just say you went the Justin Jackson route. Then you're bringing Delon Wright, Brunson, Seth Curry off the bench. Um, just, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Bobon. Like it would just be Courtney Lee and and, and Tim Hardaway going out in this hypothetical trade, whatever. But ideally, I would like to get two first round picks back for Chris Paul. But if whoever's taking Chris Paul, I mean, they have enough um, of them. They're they're not going to be able to use all these picks. <laughs> It's going to be like yes. the Celtics where some of them just go by the wayside and they draft and stash somebody. So the Mavs might as well get some picks out of it. And maybe maybe a future down the line pick, but. So let's flip the switch back to let's yeah. destroy it and why it won't happen. Let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, let's flip the switch and completely dismantle our that whole argument we just made and say why we shouldn't do it. All right, Isaac. So Chris Paul trade, hypothetical. We just made the case for why the Mavericks should do it um neither of us think that they will or should no. <laughs> and the reason why all of the stuff that we had to make a, a case for all the stuff that we had to kind of give excuses for the locker room stuff it's now been three stops that chris paul has sort of forced his way out or pushed his way out or you know wanted a, a different situation a better situation a grass is greener situation and it didn't work out for him uh there's just there's something blocking that guy from just going to his peak potential uh, as a player. And he's just, maybe it's just height. <laughs> maybe it's just, it's just that some of the, I mean, the best players in the NBA, NBA history have been, you know, like six, six and, and taller guys. And to get to that level, I think Chris Paul did pretty much anything, everything he can do, but there's just that, there's just a certain point where you have to be bigger. <laughs> and that's why we're so excited about Luka Doncic. Cause he does all those things. And he's 6'8", which is awesome. And Porzingis, who is, like, freaking 7'3". Yeah, I mean, my biggest, like, trump of everything is why does this not happen? It's a couple big reasons. He's 34. If you want to – he has been declining. Smaller point guards don't really age that well in the league. Right. He His contract is the biggest thing of all of it. Except J.J. Barea. 
Except J.J. Barrett. Gosh, Barrett and Chris Paul. He just had his best season. <laughs> J.J. Barrett just, just this past year had his best season at, what was he, 33, 34? He's incredible. Um, but, yeah, just like the the contract that I just you know read off for Chris Paul, I mean, there goes your cap space. Yeah. I mean, for and the biggest thing about that is if you – and I know some people – Laugh when you say this. If you want to try to create some type of flexibility for a couple summers from now when Giannis is that, you know, free agent and you want to try to make that pitch to him, then, you know, Chris Paul will take up 40 something million of your cap space at that time. And Porzingis, you know, Porzingis will be making around that 30 million mark. So there's, you know, over 70 million in Porzingis and uh, Porzingis and Chris Paul at that point. And then you're not even looking at, the upcoming Luca extension and filling out the rest of the roster. So that's the biggest thing. It just, it, it ruins your flexibility of where this team's at. They're not, you know, they're, they just made these smart moves and Delon Wright and Maxi and all these guys, like it's better just to go that route, you know? And, and then it's the whole chemistry thing. I mean, we saw what happened in, with the Clippers and all the grumblings about Chris Paul and DeAndre and Blake Griffin and all that stuff. And then he goes to Houston and all the stuff that came about him and James Harden. Can you imagine the first time he's on the court and he yells at Luka Doncic? There might be like a court rushing. Like there might be people that literally rush the court after him if he yells at Luka. <laughs> and we would riot. And like, don't you yell at our son. You know that you can't. So, and it would just, be like you with that umpire. No, I didn't yell at him. We had an honest conversation. <laughs> uh, that's the and and obviously Rick's relationship with point guards. He's not the easiest coach with point guards, and um, but well, yeah. And just where Chris is at his career, would it be a Jason Kidd where there was still it was still rough around the edges for yeah. sure, <laughs> Kidd and uh, Carl up, but they made it work and made a title, or would it be a Rajon Rondo? To where Chris Paul would want to run his own thing, and Rick Carl is like, "No, you're going to do what I want." And then, you know, they're playing Connect Four across the world from each other. So, like, it's that that is like two routes that it could go at that point. So, I don't think Dallas goes for it. I don't think they should go for it. But, it would be the ultimate all swing in, like let's push for the playoff. Okay, would it if you swapped out Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee for Chris Paul? How much better does that make Dallas this year? Man, and all the positives I said at the beginning were true, that he was like on board with everything and Yes. I mean, that's probably a forty five win team. Maybe fifty I mean they could they could win fifty games. It increases their playoff odds, right? Yeah. Def- yes. Definitely. Yes. For sure. So increases your playoff odds for the next two years. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third year, who yeah. knows? Yeah. Have fun. And the biggest reason is because this team is this is a team that is getting older and they're growing into their prime and Chris Paul is like growing out of his prime. Yes. It's the timeline thing. If if he was, you know the the face app, that's where he's at. <laughs> he's at the old one, not the young one. The Mavs are on the young side of the face app. And yes. Chris Paul's on the old side of the face app. Um other positives. We could get Luca in a State Farm commercial, and that'd be pretty funny. Okay, sure. (laughs) What if we got Luca on the banana boat? No, (laughs) get out of here. (laughs) Um, Okay, all right. Let's uh, we'll move on from Chris Paul. Let's start talking about the Pacific Division. There's a lot of interesting teams in this. Let's start with the Warriors. This is the team that I'm most interested in. Um, 
just kidding. That's not the team I'm most interested in. Whatever. Uh, so, bringing back Steph Curry, Draymond, Clay Thompson is going to be out for most of the year. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is now on this team, which is just, I mean, it doesn't even feel real. doesn't seem like a real thing. Until they play together, until I play it on 2K, it just doesn't seem like a real thing. Uh, they got way younger. They added Willie Colley-Stein. Uh, they added uh, Glenn Robinson third. They added their two rookies that I can't pronounce their names. They got Amari Spellman, Stella Alfonso McKinney. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is part of their youth movement now. Kevon Looney's back on a super cheap contract. And, uh, man, this, this team is in the sense that the Mavs are. They have all these young players, and they're like, if we can just get two of these guys to hit. Like, if two of these super young guys can hit and, and play really well for us, then, you know, we can start making this this happen. We can start becoming what the Spurs were so long ago, where they just kept hitting on these, you know, these young guys over and over and over again and uh, kept some of them. And one of them became Tony Parker. And then one of them became Ginobili. And then now they have DeJounte Murray, who I'm working on a video for and uh, Derek White, Lonnie Walker and guys like that. So that's kind of where this team is. And it's just, it's going to be very weird watching them play next year and, uh, and try to figure out if D'Angelo Russell is just a ticking you know, <laughs> trade bomb until yeah. December. It's weird. It's re- weird kind of seeing them transition to this phase because we've seen this Warriors team have these um, pillars in their lineup, these stars of Clay and Steph and Draymond, these guys. And we've seen them surround their rotation and their bench units with these win now vets. Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, Andrew Bogut, David West, the David, David, David West, most Spates, Leandro Barbosa, Anderson David Lee, <laughs> and like you, you keep on going with these guys that's helped them win titles and make deep playoffs runs. Now they've looked at it and said, "Hey, we still have Steph, Clay, Draymond, and we brought back Looney. Like we're basically going to bring back the same starting five for the most part. Like we'll talk about Daniel, but now we're going to spend this time. We know that we might not be like if man if they go to the finals again this year, it's going to be incredible, but." Like they might not be that, but they're gonna spend this year developing these young guys. They're replacing the Bogats of the world with Willie Cauley Stein, and they need something out of Jacob Evans. And yeah, all of these young guys that you talked about, like these—that's what their bench is gonna be. And if they can get a couple of those guys to be big time, you know, contributors, big time role players, that'll be huge for them. And yeah, it's like you said with Daniel Russell. I mean, they're gonna start him next to Steph in that Clay Thompson role and say, "Hey, we're just gonna jack up threes forever." Yeah. New stadium, let new arena. Let's have fun. They're gonna want to showcase him. That's something like it's. They're going to want to showcase Daniel Russell, and he they want him to do good because come you know trade deadline time. That's when he's under contract. He signed the max extension, so. He's locked up, so he's gonna have. If he starts off super hot, he's gonna have some big time trade value. And if Golden State, I know some people don't like it, but if they, if Russell plays really good and they swing a big trade, they're gonna be right back in that title contention for the next you know three to five years again. If they can swing Daniel Russell for some money, really, really good. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the, like the, just off the top of my head, like if if, if he has a, a, an incredible season and he's you know he's obviously still twenty two, and you find a team out there that's like, hey, we have a a, a middle aged star, but like we we want to replace him not just with draft picks, Wizards. like if they if yeah yeah if 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 Washington's like, 
hey, Bradley Beal, you know, and for D'Angelo Russell and one of your guys that hit or something like that, we replace him with this younger star and all this stuff. Bill's going to require you know draft picks and all that stuff too, probably. But I think that they want to go that route instead of, hey, Minnesota, will you give us Covington and Jeff Teague? You know, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be that. I think they can get more than that. Yeah, I agree. That, that one's going to be an interesting trade for sure. D'Angelo Russell, I'm looking forward to him shooting more threes <laughs> because he didn't shoot. A, he took a lot of mid-range jumpers. Maybe he just fills that KD role in that way that he, you know, the other guys – Stretch the floor. But- I'm super hyped for him to have Steph. Yeah, I think that's massive. That and Steph being that older brother type of role with him, yeah. and because he's always Steph's, needed that. Yeah, Steph's role, like that's what D'Angelo. You know, that's his role on another team, basically. So, like, what he can learn from Steph, Steph this year, I think is going to be huge. And we're going to read pieces about this, like. I could totally see a path in which Golden State flips him to somewhere like Minnesota or whatever. And then next year, it's like, look at this budding superstar or this budding all-star and all the pieces are being written saying, man, this that, that year with Steph, those six months with Steph Curry on changed the, my whole career. On the set of Holy Moly, Steph told me that, you know. What a horrible show. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched one in one episode. I'm like, I've never watched this You again. did? Was it really bad? Yes, it's very bad. It's just watching people play mini golf. It's not even that. It's like dumb stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's take another break. And when we come back, let's get to the rest of these teams. Clippers, Lakers, Kings, and Suns. Oh, cool. Near to the Lakers. All right, Isaac. So the uh, Los Angeles Clippers, they make a couple of minor moves, change their team around just a little bit. Um, my big question for the Clippers, who's starting mm. at four? <laughs> Kawhi. That's what matters the most. See, man, I don't know about that. Harkless. What about Harkless? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it's going to be like Kawhi or Harkless or, I mean, you can honestly see like Jermichael Green. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just going to be matchup based. I mean, I think there's some lineups you'll roll out Harold and, you know, Zubac, and, but then some lineups you'll roll out Kawhi or Mo Harkless or Jermichael Green or something like that. And I don't think they'll start Harold. I'll take that back. I think they'll start Jermichael Green over Harold because I think it's going to be one of those things. They want to keep the bench unit together, and you can keep Harold and Lou Williams together off the bench. So then you'll be starting Beverly and George and Kawhi, and then, yeah, Zubach and somebody random at that point, Shamit. Yeah, what if, yeah, what if they, they go their starting five? Beverly, Shamit, Paul George, Kawhi, and Zubach. Zubach, Zubach, Zubach. See, I don't know. Somebody, somebody on on YouTube said it's not Zubach, it's Zubach. Uh, I, never like, mind. I don't know. I've heard people say. I've heard Lakers announcers say it both ways. So, and then all of a sudden, you're. I mean, your bench is still stacked. Lou Williams, Harkless, and Harrell, and Jermichael yeah. Green. That that's a stacked bench still. Once again, going back to what I was saying, elite. How big would Jerome Robinson take an elite for this team be? Yeah. Like, what if he was your starting two guard next to, you know, Patrick Beverly? If he, you know, or came off the bench with Lou Williams and those guys, like, that would be huge for them. And there's still, I mean, there's still a destination for these buyout guys and minimums. If oh, yeah. They could still swing a trade for Andre Godala. And yeah, there's still a couple pieces to their rotation away, I think. For sure. For sure. This is not the full team. Scary. Yeah. This is scary, but they're the title favorites right now. And that's wild that the Clippers are title favorites. Go Clippers. The Lakers, 
Um, they get Anthony Davis. LeBron is still there. They snatch Danny Green from the jaws of the Mavericks. And oh, cool. um, they kept Kyle Kuzma. They kept Alex Caruso, who is the best guard on this team. And they kept JaVale and KCP. And then other than that, the rest of their team is completely different. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. DeMarcus Cousins, Avery Bradley, Quinn Cook, Rondo is back, I guess. Troy Daniels, Taylor Horton Tucker, Jared Dudley, uh, Danny Green, obviously, I said. Um, Isaac, do you think this team can win a title? Uh, can win a title? Yep, can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think this is the year for it because, I mean, no matter how much we want to think LeBron's invincible, at some point he's going to decline even more. And I think this is the year for it. And, yeah, I mean, I think you'll you'll need a, I mean, a top two MVP performance AD. And you'll need LeBron to probably play 60 to 65 games this season, be fully rested come the playoffs. You get playoff LeBron and him and AD going to there. And Danny Green shoots, you know, 39, 40% from three, you know, and guards the best players. And, and then at that point you look down the roster and hope that some of these guys can just take it up a notch uh, or at least be solid contributors. The KCP, Bradley, Cousins, Rondo, like those four vet guys, Dudley. if they can, yeah, whatever, but yeah. If like those being a viable third or fourth guy on your team would be huge. And I'm not even mentioning Kuzma yet. I think Kuzma needs to be their sixth man. He needs to be their six nine Lou Williams. Yeah, we talked about we talked in. about him yesterday, but he, he definitely needs to be that. Their finishing lineups are gonna be interesting. They are definitely one guard away though, from me being comfortable with saying that they should be in the playoffs or, or not the playoffs, should be in the finals, should be, you know, Western Conference finals team. I feel like they they still need one more guard that Yeah, I'm just really curious on what they do what they do with Kuzma at the end of the games. Are you Yeah. Can he play a three? I just think he's more of a four. And well, do they do they do end of games? Anthony Davis, Kuzma, LeBron, Danny Green, and uh, like Avery Bradley. I see. I don't want LeBron playing the three anymore. I'm sorry. But see, in that in that lineup, LeBron's your point. Danny Green's your three. Bradley's your your. But the, but it's all so who's di- LeBron guarding? That's the biggest thing right now. Yeah, is he, LeBron's defense. Well, see, you don't want him chasing around Clay Thompson. You don't want him chasing I know, but this around is just, a. Col- this is still just your finishing lineups. It's not like for a full game. Yeah. So Le- LeBron can still guard threes at the end of games. Okay. He's just not going to yeah, guard sure. threes for the entire season, which is what he did last year. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the lineup I feel like they go with to, to close out games. Maybe Demarcus Cousins and you know and Avery Bradley switch places when they maybe they go super huge <laughs> if a team you know they have a a size advantage on a team, but KCP or Bradley being like good yes. would be huge for them. <laughs> just not even good. Yeah. Just solid. Just, just serviceable. Them, them being their like point guard defenders. Yeah. You know, them being their like pet version of Pat Beverly would be huge. They need that. They need that. Caruso taking a yeah. leap. Lock it in. No. Lock it in. No, sorry. Back Caruso. I actually really like Caruso. And then Demarcus Cousins—they're going to get some buy guy too. So yeah, they will. Um, Demarcus Cousins could swing this team too. I mean, if Demarcus Cousins comes back, great if, value. If, if Demarcus Cousins comes back and he is, you know, like what seventy-five percent of what he was before, and he's actually you know viable on the court, 
that's really good for them, and then that's really weird for them because now all their lineups are just so weird. Do you just go huge with LeBron and Davis and Cousins? You know, what do you do at that point? Yeah. Does, I, don't, I don't know what you do with LeBron, Kuzma, Cousins, and AD. Have fun. Yeah, those are your four best players, right? And and four, three of those are fours. To, <laughs> Cousins is sometimes a four, to be, too. Yeah, they're going to hope to be blowing people out so they can just roll Kuzma and Cousins out there at the forum. They're five. all fours. <laughs> Their four best players are all fours. <laughs> AD wants to be a four, but... Yeah, he's really a five. All right, the Sacramento Kings. Um, they make some moves that we didn't really like too much. They get... Yeah. They still have um, Fox and Buddy Heald. They still have um, Nemanja Bialica, Marvin Bagley, Harry Giles. Still have Yogi, our guy. Still have Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, but they add Deadman. They bring Barnes back. They also add Ariza and Corey Joseph for Sean Holmes, Caleb Swanigan, Kyle Guy. Hmm. Kyle Guy. Interesting moves. They definitely they bolstered their depth for sure. Uh, all those moves bolster the depth. Ariza, Joseph, Deadman, um, you know, even Rashawn Holmes. But it also kind of gets in the way of some of these young guys. And this is this is the thing that I didn't want the Mavericks to do, is to just get a bunch of just guys, right, to, to kind of get, yeah. get in the way of what, you know, they're trying to do. Yeah, but, but I think their young guys are going to get their playing time, with the exception of, like, what will happen at the forward spot. Because I, you can't mess up the Fox and Buddy pairing. Like, you got to keep that pairing together. And I don't think they did. No, no, no. I don't think they did. You know, Corey Joseph come off the bench with Yogi and those yeah. guys, whatever. Bogdan. Bognatovich, well, yeah, he'll, Bogdan will come off the bench. It's just how they, they do their, their up front lineups of like Barnes playing a three and four Yeah, Bagley needs to get minutes at the five. But what about Harry Giles? Is he a four or five? Well, what the, is Deadman playing that you just played Deadman $13 million a year for the next like two or three years. Right. So. Well, the Bagley Giles pairing, that's, that's your, that's a front court. They, they played pretty well last year together. That's your front court of the future. And you add Deadman in it. And are you paying 13? So do you start those two young guys, Harrison Barnes and then buddy and Fox? Yeah, see that that's weird. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think Barnes. I think they re-signed Barnes to be a three. I don't think that he's a four for them. And then you bring Deadman, Ariza, Bogdanovich, Corey Joseph. Well, I think Deadman. I think Deadman starts for them. So Harry Giles does not start. No, or Bagley maybe. No, I think Bagley starts. So they start Deadman, Bagley, Barnes, Buddy, and Fox. Sure. Giles, Bogdanovich, Corey Joseph, Trevor Reza. I just didn't I didn't like the Trevor Reza signing at all. Sorry. The dude feels like he's like forty eight and he's still getting double digit million a year. <laughs> That's you you pay for the veteran leadership. That's what you pay. At least the Mavericks didn't do that, right? That's yes, very true. Do you think this team can make the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a group of a handful of teams that'll be fighting for that A spot. And that's barring like a big injury or something happening too. Yeah, there's like five teams. Um, one of those teams is not the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns, oh they add Rubio. Um, Dario Saric is quietly on this team. Um, Tyler Johnson's still on this team. Aaron Baines they added. They added Frank Kaminsky, which I don't know, whatever you think about that. Weird. Ty Jerome, Cam Johnson. Uh, they still have, obviously, Booker and Aiton and Mikael Bridges, who we love. Uh, oh, I have to still have Josh Jackson on this. He's not on the team anymore. Or DeAnthony Moe. This team's going to be bad. The thing is, though, they won 33 games last year. Are they worse than that? Yes. It's kind of the same team, except for with Saric and Rubio. 
Yeah, I just think everybody got better. I mean, okay, uh, I'll take that back. Sure, whatever. Sar- I think Sarge fits decently with Aiton. Especially, <laughs> this is kind of a deep dive on Sarge. If they let Sarge play make, I think it'll be huge for him. Because Sarge kind of has that a little bit in his game. Yeah. And if they could... But it's like Ricky Rubio. I'm not in love with that fit next to Booker. Me either. And I thought they overpaid for him. 16, then 17, and then 17 point. Ricky Rubio has 17 one eight guaranteed contract in 2021-22 season. Three yeah. years from now. That's it. Is the thing is though, it is taking them from a like the worst point guard in the league to maybe like the 25th worst starting point guard. Right? Like, well. you know, it does. It does. Elevate like the wins above replacement is kind of big for this team, so I think that could help them. Rubio does do some things that this team needs, though. They do they have this playmaker passer type guy. He can work with Aiton in the same way he worked with Rudy Gobert in those ways. He can kick out to Booker and Bridges and Sarich for as shooters. Aiton is eventually going to step out and take threes, and so now if Aiton's taking threes, which he didn't last year, maybe he does this year. Maybe he just takes more long twos. You have four shooters around Rubio, and. Hey, yeah. you know, like that's that's an offense that'll work. And then you have Sarich as your 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 secondary playmaker, Booker's your secondary playmaker. They have a lot of but you op- want- a lot of options though, which is which but is see, good. I don't, but- I don't I don't want Booker as my secondary playmaker. I want him as my primary. And our biggest thing with Rubio and why we didn't want him alongside Luca is he can't shoot threes and he sucked last year from three. So Well and Rubio my- Rubio go stand in the corner too. He's not gonna be good at it, but Booker can still yeah. playmake and do some things, but they pretty much have these these young guys and Booker and Aiton. They brought back Ubre and then Mikel Bridges, Cam Oubre. Johnson, you know, Ty Jerome. And then they added the vets in Saric, Ricky Rubio, Aaron Baines. And they didn't really have those type of dudes last year. So yeah, will they be better? Air quotes, better? Sure. <laughs> but I still don't think they get close to the playoffs. No. And I think it's a ticking a ticking time for Devin Booker and he could be your next like young star. That's like, I want out. Well, this year his max deal kicks in. That's true. I will say, I really like Monty Williams. I'll vouch for him forever. He's just an awesome guy. Yeah. That's, that's your think, boy. I think he'll do fine in Phoenix. They also added uh check Diallo. They stole him away from the Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got too many big dudes at this point. Yeah, it was it was not going to happen. But I, I mean, besides Rubio, I like the rest of this team. I mean, Ubre bringing him back on that two year deal. If they gave Ubre like a four year deal that was fifteen mil a year, then you're like, that's not great. But the two year deal, fifteen mil a year, and it's descending too. It's fourteen point three the second year, fifteen point six the first year. I like that deal yeah. for them. Um, yeah, I mean, everything's going to hinge for them. Okay, <laughs> take away Booker and Aiton. Take away Luca. And KP, who has the better team? See, you have Saric and Rubio and Bridges and Ubre. And then for the Mavs, you have Dwight Powell, <laughs> DeLon Wright, Seth Curry. <laughs> I mean, I think the Suns have a better team. Yeah, so like that, I think it's kind of the same thing as far as I think the ceiling for the Suns, it all just hinges on their duo. How good is DeAndre Ayton going to be in year two? How good? Can Devin Booker take the next big leap in his career to where he's like a Donovan Mitchell type leap to where he takes his team, you know, and puts him that high up? I mean, that's anyway, I'm done talking to the Suns. It's too much on the Suns. Too much on the Suns, but they will be, they'll, they'll kind of be interesting. They're super young. They have, you know, they have a high variance. So, guys, there you go. That's uh, the Pacific Division. We went a little longer than we expected, but 
this is the last podcast for me for two weeks. I am I week am, and a half. Get off. I am out for the next two weeks. <laughs> I got you. We'll have pods um, pretty much every day. I have some guests lined up. Um, he does. They're good. They're me. good guests. Yeah, I have some things planned for the next couple of weeks. It's gonna be tough because I'm gonna be out of town too. But I'm gonna pull them off. You'll have pods in your inboxes, so don't freak out. You'll be good. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. might not be every single day, but he'll do his best. Yeah. So. I mean, I can guarantee you one thing: we're not gonna be talking about the last Airbender. Are you gonna watch that on your vacation, Nick? I was actually watching it right before we started recording. Ooh, what a great use of your time. I'm, I did too. You know, I ordered it on, on Amazon. No, you did not. Yeah. It was like twenty one thirty three on Amazon. You did not order it. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. I would never spend money on that. <laughs> you should. It's the best TV show ever made. <laughs> Guys, I'll miss you. I'll be back. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. See you soon, Nick. Boom. Boom.